You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. We're continuing on our teaching on encouragement. Everybody, everybody raise your right hand. Say, I have the ministry of encouragement. How many of you, uh, you can put your hand down. You are duly sworn. How many of you know some people, though, that have the ministry of discouragement? All right. Now, hopefully it's none of you. Amen. Uh, we're honored to have with us this morning in, in service some missionaries. Uh, we've been um, hooked up with them for a number of years, had a number of trips out to their place in Mexico. Their ministry is called Harvest Hands, and Gary and Terry Matheson are with us in service today. Would you all stand let our people just love on you just a moment? We give them a great big God bless this morning. Bless you guys. I had the privilege of going out last November and spending a few days and seeing the work that they're doing in Mexico and just working tirelessly, um, loving on the people, and a very precious thing. These are real deal folks, and uh, we're honored to help you in the way that we do and glad that you're with us in service today. Pray you're refreshed. Amen. Everyone needs encouragement. Let's take two. Everyone needs encouragement and we, uh, things and people are either going to discourage you, take courage out of you or things and people are going to actually add courage to you, encourage you and put courage in you. And you just told me that you had the ministry of encouragement and what we are to be focused on in the body of Christ is we are to be encouraging one another. Can we see faults and failures in other folks? Can we see them? Is it really our business? Instead, what we're, we're to do is really our job is to encourage never to discourage Never to discourage. And that is an important thing, and especially the days that that we live in. And uh, encouragement really is unique to the family of God. And it's something that we really need to make sure that it's it's a part of our everyday life and something that's very, very important for us. Um, We're to learn to take courage for ourselves, and we're also to give courage to others. But you cannot give what you do not have. So if we're going to be an encouragement to others, we must learn this skill, and it's a vital skill, of encouraging ourselves. It's very important that you know how to cheer you up. It's very important that you know how to get yourself back on track. That you can encourage yourself and keep yourself encouraged. How many of you would agree that that would be a pretty vital thing? A few years ago, I bought uh, my children a little train set, and I'll admit to you, it was kind of a cheapie. And uh, had this little train set, and I think it made like a uh, maybe six-foot loop, you know. And it wasn't that expensive a one. I've got an old one from like um, last century. Um, And it doesn't work, but I still have it, and it's just so cool. And I can remember as a child, you know, uh, watching that thing go round and round, and you put the little drops in, and it smoked, and and it was just absolutely cool. It burned our shag carpet. I mean, it was, you know, it it was awesome. But I, um, our chihuahua would get in the way and I'd go faster, you know, and, uh, but, um, I bought this one, uh, a couple years ago and it just kept getting off track 
And so you put it back on track, you know, and then it go a little bit and go a little too fast. It's off track and you have to put it back on track. And because it kept getting off track and I kept having to put it back on track, finally I just put it back in the box. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if it could just right itself and get back on track? Well, the same is true of us. We get down, we get off track, we, something knocks us off of our game, so to speak. We have got to learn to encourage ourselves and to keep ourselves encouraged. Now, I'm going to say this to you, and when I say this, this and it won't be new for you to hear. Um, it normally does not bless you immediately when I say it, but get a hold of it. Maturity is measured by recovery time. Maturity is measured by recovery time. How long does it take you to cheer yourself back up? How long are you going to stay down? How long are you going to stay mad? How long are you going to stay... You know, maturity is measured by recovery time. And there's also wisdom that if, you know, people you live with, if they're having a hard time with that, don't point it out to them. Okay. Don't remind them of, pastor said, no, no, don't draw me into this. Okay. I, I, I'm not, that's your deal. But um, it's important that we realize maturity is measured by recovery time. Can I get over this? How quickly can I get over this? How, how long does it take me to process this? And, and what this is, it's a skill. It's a skill. And thank God it's a skill and not a gift. Because being a skill, then you can learn it. We all can learn it and we all can improve in it. And that is being able to encourage ourselves with the ultimate goal of our well-being so that we can encourage other people for their well-being. We're blessed so that we can be a blessing. Amen? I'm either up or I'm getting up. And I posted that early this morning again too. But that needs to be our attitude. I'm either up or I'm getting up. Listen, you, you said it a little bit, but let's say it again. I'm either up. Or I'm getting up. And that needs to be our attitude. And Jesus, a risen Jesus, set the example for that. And he has given us the power from the resurrection that we can have some power, some grace, some help in life. So that when we do get knocked down, we can get back up. Amen. And it's important that, that we're getting better and better at this. And this is vital early in this series so that if we're really going to be encouraging other people, you're not going to be good at that if you are down yourself and it doesn't take much to knock you off the table. That's right. Amen. Now, um, I'm, e I'm either up or I'm getting up. The point would be here, don't stay down. Now, I'm not minimizing the things that will get you down. How many of you know there's some real deal stuff that upset you and get you down, throw you off your game and so forth? Real deal stuff. I'm not minimizing that. That's real. But don't stay down. Don't stay down. Because you know what? When you're down for those purposes or you're dead or you're asleep, it all kind of looks sort of the same. You know, to vultures and buzzards and ants and so forth, you know. And so don't stay down. Let's make sure that we're either up or and we're in the process of, of getting up. And God will help you in that as you, as you press toward that. Now, two good things about problems. And we've been talking a little bit about this lately. Two good things about problems. Number one, does anybody remember? Makes you think. When you have a problem, it makes you think. I mean, if everything's just going swell and all systems are go and it's on autopilot, you don't have to think about anything. But all of a sudden, you know, something goes a little awry or, you know, highway patrolman's coming up behind you with lights on fast. 
and then he passes you, you start singing praise songs, don't you? (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for law enforcement. Go get him. Right? And what do you do? You wake up and you're checking your speed and we're, we're buckled and 10 and 2. Come on. You're thinking now. Or if you're driving along, you get a little sleepy or sloppy or whatever and you're texting and you shouldn't be. You heard it from the preacher. You shouldn't be. And you dip off the road a little bit. Guess what? That'll kind of wake you, wake you up all of a sudden. The problem makes you think. It makes you think. And that's a good thing. And that's what we're going to do today is we're going to look a little bit. We're going to think a little bit. The second good thing about a problem is this. It makes you seek God. It makes you seek God. And that's the chief thing. And we spent a little bit of time on that last week, that it makes you seek God. Something wondrous happens. How many of you used the word wondrous this week? Okay. Something absolutely incredible happens when you're discouraged Or you're depressed and still you'll draw aside and speak with God. The the old saying is this, when you don't feel like praying, talk to God about it. And when you're discouraged or you're depressed or feeling kind of defeated, something incredible happens. Because, see, a lot of times that discouragement, that depression will make you think, I, you know, I just don't feel like it. Or I'm unworthy or whatever it would be. And, and we don't go to God. And he's your source. He's your help. He's your life. He's your light. You've got to get to him. Y'all can hear me, right? All right. And so the two good things then is it makes us to think and it makes us to seek God. Now, the pain of discouragement and the pain of depression is this. It brings about demotivation in your life. And you don't feel like doing anything. You're not motivated to do anything. Your courage now is gone. And that's part of the goal of the enemy to get you discouraged and to get you depressed is so that you can be demotivated. And demotivation will hold you down and it will hold you back. But we are overcomers. Matter of fact, we are more than overcomers through him. And we're going to look at some things today that are going to, are worthy of us looking and thinking about a little bit so that we can keep ourselves encouraged and uh, ultimately so then we can help to encourage other folks. Amen? So just two big ideas this morning. First of all, we need to limit and eliminate leaks. God gives us courage. God gives us grace. He gives us favor. He gives us hope. He gives us those things because we have the capacity for them. However, how many of you would have been guilty before of losing them? Come on. How many of you have had God give you peace and you lost peace? Okay. It's like losing your lunch money. It's like, except of much greater value than that. And God gives you courage and God gives you grace and we lose it sometimes. And, and then we look at our life and we go, now where did that go? I was so strong and clear and centered and now where did that go? And so it leaked out of you. So we've got to look, we've got to isolate and, and limit and eliminate these leaks. In um, Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 18, y'all out there? Because I wasn't going to read it if you're not. Okay. It says, because of laziness, the building decays. And through idleness of hands, the house leaks. What happens here is a lack of proper maintenance. 
And when there's a lack of proper maintenance, then something ends up in disrepair and then it becomes further damaged. And so the reason something leaked is because something needed to be fixed. And according to this scripture, it says because it was a lack of it is because of laziness that the building decays and through idleness of hands, the house leaks. So somewhere along the way, we're avoiding some work. We're not doing what's necessary in our life if we've developed some kind of leaks in our life. You with me so far? Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 in the New Living says this. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard or we may drift from it. Now that phrase drift, also, if you have a King James Bible, the notes in your margin will say something like this. It will run out as leaking vessels. So there again is the idea of something leaking out of you. And so we must, the two things that we're seeing from these scriptures is we've got to get busy. Everybody say get busy. And the other thing is we're going to have to pay more careful attention to the truth that we've heard or otherwise it will leak out of us. You didn't hear me. We've got to pay all the more careful, close attention to the truth that we've heard or it will leak out of us. If somebody's giving you information and it just sounds like blah, blah, it's like the teacher on Charlie Brown. I had that teacher. How many of you had that teacher? I don't know what they said. 10 minutes till milk break. Yeah. And then other times, though, when you realize this is important information, then you'll zero in on it. And we've got to be careful, especially in settings like this in settings where there's people of, of that are mentors in your life or wisdom or parents or coaches or whatever that would be. You need to pay attention to that. There's a young man in scripture in the Proverbs that it says that he ruined his life. And then at the point that he realized I have ruined my life, he said, because I didn't pay attention and I didn't value the word, the, the, the teaching, the truth that came to me from my teachers. I didn't value it. And now my life is in ruins. You know why? Because of the truth that came to him, he didn't value it in the right way. And it leaked right out of his life. A few years ago, a, a young lady contacted us, I think through Alicia on, on Facebook. And she was in my first youth group, Tracy, uh, in my very first youth group. And that girl never paid attention. And here I am. It's my first, first job in the ministry. And I'm a youth pastor. I'm preaching, teaching my little heart out, doing the best that I know to do. And I know I was trying to help these kids. And every, every other week she had a different boyfriend sat in the back, talked the whole time, make goo goo eyes. And I got like, Come on. And I was sure that that girl never got a thing out of being in my youth group. And a few years ago, we heard from her and she says, I still hear your voice today. And it's amazing, though, that somehow she held on. Surprised me. (laughs) But what we've got to do, folks, is we've got to get busy about the maintenance of our life. We also have got to give all the more careful attention to the truth that we hear and not handle it in too light of a fashion. Otherwise, we're going to end up in some trouble. And the thing is this, we've got to examine our lives. We've got to examine our lives. Let let me put it to you this way. We've got to today and now say, look at my life so that later we don't have to say, look at my life. Do you get that? We've got to look at it now and say, look at my life. 
So that years from now, we don't end up in some kind of mess and go, look at my life. And so let's do it now. And we want to examine some things because the good things that God would give us that add up to courage and strength and faith and victory in our life. We cannot allow those things to leak out of us because we weren't paying attention. So this this requires and invites some inspection in our life. And you've got to get in the light to see it. If you're going to inspect something, you need to get in the light to see it. And the light, let me tell you two places at least where you can get light. God's word and God's house. God's word and God's house. And you and I both know that when you're in the word and when you're in church, you know you can see your life a little bit better. It's later when you get out in the little shadows and other little things in the gray zones, you get out. Well, that don't matter so much, but I'm telling you what, when you're in the light of the word and in your, the light of being in church, you see your life and you see the things where God is wanting to work in your life. You see it. Come on, bob your head, do something. That. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And so if we're going to locate these leaks, we're going to do better to get in the light of God's word and God's house to see this. Here's some areas to look at. Look at your life. Look at your schedule. Look at your activities. Look at the attitudes that you allow to linger in your life. Look at the intake of your life. What is the intake of your life? What do you read? Who, you, who do you listen to? What are the songs and lyrics that you allow to play and play and play and get pounded into your brain? What are you watching on TV? What are the websites you're going to? What are the magazines you subscribe to? What are the influences that you have in your life? You've got to look at that intake because I'll tell you what, those things can come in and absolutely pollute and then corrode, pollute and corrode. And so we've got to watch the intake in our life. What about unforgiveness? Do you have unforgiveness? That'll cause a leak in your life. I shared with you last week, whatever you're bitter about, you're wrong about. Because God, there may have been a real thing that upset you at one point, but if you've gotten bitter, the, the scripture says in the book of Hebrews that that bitterness, if it takes root, it's going to defile you and it's going to defile others. It's a poisonous, ugly, ugly thing. So whatever you're bitter about, you're wrong about. We're going to have to get unforgiveness out of our lives. What about impurity? Impurity. Impurity drains life out of you and it blocks blessings from your life. What do you mean impurity, Pastor? I'm talking about what the scripture says over and over in the Psalms and in the Proverbs. Don't envy the sinner. Don't envy the sinner. I mean, we look on the lives of other people and it wouldn't be a warning in scripture if it wasn't a tendency in us. That we see things and go, man, I wish I could live like that. I think I'd party like that. Man, if I had money like that, if I did, I'd do this. And, and we do all that. Listen to me. Very, very important. What you give your attention to and what you start to think, think about, you're eventually going to try to head there. I don't think you heard me. What you give your attention to and what you start to think about, eventually you're going to start to head there. What you give your attention to and what you start to think about, eventually you're going to head there. And that works for everything, positive, negative. That works for life-giving things and life-taking things. And so don't envy the sinner. And make sure that we're being very careful about the intake so that we don't have impurity in our life. What about this? Are you overloaded? Are you carrying the wrong load? Are you barely moving? Are you moving but going the wrong direction? The caution is this, is that you don't, uh, what do you give your heart? What do you give your energy to? How are you using T4? Do you remember T4? Your time, your talent, your treasure, your touch. What are you spending those things on? 
How are you using those things? Very, very important because you can get so scattered, so committed. I'm part of this club and that committee and this sports thing and this and that and this and that and this and that and all over the place. And I can't miss my shows. And we've got all these things going on and we're giving out time, talent, treasure and touch all over the place. And we are actually draining our lives. And then we walk around in our life if we don't inspect it. And it's like carrying a bucket that has holes in it. And then we wonder why we're discouraged and we wonder why we're depressed and we wonder why we're demotivated. We've got to now look at your life so later we don't stand back and go, look at my life. We've got to look at it now. We've got to examine and look for leaks and eliminate them in our lives. Can I get a good amen all the way? Secondly, you've got to check your company. It's the law of associations. You've got to check who you're hanging out with. Did you know there's four types of people? Meat eaters. No, no, that's, that's another. Any meat eaters here today? Yeah. It's getting closer to lunch. Sorry. Four types of people. Adders, subtractors, multipliers, dividers. How many of you know adders? Wow. How many of you know some people who add to your life when you have interaction with them? Okay. How many of you know some subtractors? Okay, let's make sure that we're not subtractors, we're not dividers. But we've got to check our companions, our company, our association. This also does relate to marriages, but I'm not doing a marriage thing today. You say, well, what about my wife? What about my husband? My quick answer is this. You married him. Okay. And so now we'll move on with some other stuff. Okay. Apply this the best way you can. And young people, I really want you to hear me on this. I can sound like a grandpa, don't I? (laughs) Young people. (laughs) The people you hang out with, do they fill you or do they just thrill you? Is that just a blast? Is that just fun? Is that just, oh, it's just crazy. It's just insane. Or does it help you? Are you better for hanging out with these people or are you more damaged? Are you propelled in the right direction or are you blown off course? And we've made it our business and I don't want to embarrass my kids. I got some great kids though and they, all of them have hearts for God. And we're not done yet. You know, they're not all out of the house, but they almost, almost all of them are. And then Alicia and I are going to travel the world. <laughs> No, we, we dread the day. But one of the things that we've always done is, who are your friends? I want to see your friends. I want them to look me in the eye. While I sharpen my sword. I want them to come over to our house. Where are you going? Who's going to be there? What are you all going to be doing? When are you going to be coming home? Uh, If plans change, I'd like it if you'd let us know before the plans change. And some of you are saying, Pastor, you can't do that. Yeah, I can. 
Because I pay for the phone, the car, the gas, the food, the clothes. And, and listen. And, and I don't say this to embarrass my kids at all because they get it. They get it and they've responded to it. And, you know, some people say, well, I, I just don't think you can do that. Well, here's the goal. I'm, we've got a big congregation. I'm thankful for that. But can I tell you what's more important to me is my small congregation. And I got to get them across the line. I got to get them across the finish line. So I'll do whatever I have to do. That there's somebody else with a different agenda in a different direction. Trying to thwart the plan of God and my very purpose for my children. Then we got to work on that. See what I'm saying? So the law of association, all we've done, and, and we've make sure they have a great life. And they have a blast. And they have wonderful friends. And do not tell me for a second that all kids and all young people are hellions. Because I tell you what, there's, there's young people out there. I want truth. I want to walk in things that really count. And I want to make my life matter. And I'll tell you what, they're out there. And they just need encouragement to be hooked up with some others that way. Amen. Y'all are listening so good, I'm taking too long. But we've got to look. We've got to check who we hang out with. And make sure, don't be hanging out with negative people. Don't be hanging out with sloppy people. Now, we still have to be salt and light. But the thing is, the people that we're here to be salt and light for, I don't require anything from them. We're just here to influence them and encourage them in the, in the things of God. But the people that are going to have influence and impact in your life, you're going to allow them to have influence in your life. You don't want negative, sloppy, careless people with un, undisciplined and no values or weird values. You don't want that. You can befriend them, but you don't allow them to influence you. And, and here's the way Pastor Bernard puts it, and I love it. If you're the smartest one in your group, it's time to get a new group. Okay? You've got to have some people that encourage you and help you and want you to grow and inspire some excellence in you. We live, we work, we play, we worship, we travel with people. And healthy relationships and healthy connections are vital to our growth. And let me tell you what a healthy relationship is, okay? And everybody get this. This is what a healthy relationship is. It's when two people are growing. It takes two people growing for a relationship to be happy. So if you're, if, and healthy, if you're married or you're engaged or you wished you were engaged or whatever your situation would be, if you want to have healthy relationships, make sure that you are growing because a healthy relationship and connection is made up of two people that are growing. And it's important that we do this. We should always be growing. No matter how old you are, regardless of age, you should be growing. If you're the same you've been for years and years and years and you're not growing intellectually and emotionally and relationally and spiritually and even physically. And I'm not talking about growing taller, but taking care of yourself and keeping yourself healthy. If you're not doing those things, something is wrong. And we've got to make sure that we continue to grow. Can I get an amen? amen? One of the most basic needs in life is relationships. And I want you to get a hold of this. Virtually all blessings come through relationships. Virtually all blessings come through relationships. Your relationship with God and the people that you're, you're uh, hooked up with in life. Make sure that those are healthy. When you're connected and you have healthy relationships, you're going to thrive and you're going to grow. 
But when you're disconnected or isolated or you have toxic or or unhealthy relationships and connections, it's going to erode you. It's going to morph you. It's going to change you. It's going to wither you up. It's important that we have the right kind of connections. The law of association Make sure that the people that are pouring into our life and you be this kind of person too, are adders and multipliers, adding to people and adding good things to them. Now, let me read this to you. Even our physical health depends on social connections. Virtually every emotional and psychological problem from addiction all the way to depression has either alienation, emotional isolation, or unhealthy connections at its core or close to it. Recovery always involves helping people to get connected at deeper and healthier levels than they currently are. We watch some shows sometimes on TV, Hoarders. Any of y'all watch Hoarders? Any of y'all Hoarders? No, no. But we watch Hoarders sometimes and it's something's gone wrong somewhere in their life that has somehow triggered something in their mind. And they can't get rid of things. And usually it's something that happened. Somebody abandoned them. Something went really south with with the relationship or they had some kind of very, very healthy, unhealthy rather connection along the way. And now it's just, I I have to keep it all. I have to keep it all. And it's, it's just, it's a crazy, crazy thing. And it takes a lot of work. And maybe you watch some of the shows like intervention. And again, these kind of shows and these kind of dysfunctions in people almost always go back to something to do with associations and relationships. It goes back to connections. It goes back to the people that you're hooked up with. It, it goes back to mom, dad, brothers, sisters, coaches, friends, uh, spouse, whatever it would be, that some kind of relationship was unhealthy, that something very wrong happened in a relationship. And so we've got to pay attention to the law of associations and the company that we keep if we're going to keep ourselves encouraged and keep ourselves whole and eventually be able to help other people. First Corinthians fifteen thirty three in the New Living says this. Don't be fooled by what, by those who say such things for bad company corrupts good character. Everybody say bad company company. corrupts good character. And the Amplified Bible says, don't be so deceived or misled. Evil companionships, communion associations, corrupt and deprave good, good manners and morals and character. Because you know what? If you loiter with them. You'll litter with them. Who you hang out with, you're going to become like. And we know the stories, countless stories of people that thought they'd raise their kids right and then suddenly get hooked up with the wrong people. And damage their life and damage the direction of their life and, and pray to God that they'll return to the ways of God. When they're old, they'll not depart from the right way. But what we want to do is in the meantime, in that gap between raising them up in the right way and them old going in the right way, we don't want in that gap. People have to know it's very important who you're hooked up with. Now, in Proverbs 13, verse 20, in the Message Bible says, become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Because you know what? Who you hang out with, you're going to be talking with. And while you're walking, you're talking. 
And while you're talking, you start to talk alike and think alike and act alike and eventually dress alike and every, everything else. It just all goes together. And who you're with, you're eventually going to start to talk with, like. And if they're negative and ugly and, and, and uh, disrespectful and all of that, guess what? You're going to pick up on that. Come on, you're going to pick up on that. My wife will get on the phone with relatives in Georgia. And after a few minutes, I got to go in and see who's that Southern Belle talking on my phone. Because she'll pick up the accent from where she came from that, you know, once you, who you hang around with, you're going to start to talk like, think like, act like. And it's a very, very important thing that we hang out with the wise and those going in the right direction. The New Testament is all about the body of Christ. People deeply connected to one another. Supporting each other, forgiving one another, caring for one another, loving one another, accepting one another, and encouraging one another. The body of Christ is a wonderful, incredible thing. And those that, and I've found this to be the case, those that feel disconnected from God usually are not well connected to his body. You cannot be the lone ranger in these days. You can't be an independent glory chaser. You're going to have to get rooted and planted and get a part of the body of Christ. There are thousands of opportunities in this church, not just coming to service, but don't just come to service. Here's the ice cream truck. Not just, it's okay. No one would have known. Listen, don't just come to service. Stay with me. Stay with me. Don't just come to service and find your row. Come to service, find your row, but find a friend. And don't just go through the casual, glory to God, good to see you. How about get real a little bit? Talk to one another. Start to stir up a little relationship. It'd be an amazing thing. Maybe say, um, we're going to eat. Would you want to join us? And that not just coming to service, then how about serving? And in serving, you're part of an automatic family, an automatic team. Parkers, ushers, greeters, nurses, all over the place. There's teams all over the place. They pray together. They work together for the same thing. They see each other, you know, several times a month as they work together. That's a wonderful thing. We have groups, we have classes, we have all kinds of support things. Uh, there's sports that we have, there's events that we have. We're doing a revamp on deeper life, so it's going to reach even further. We've got all kinds of ways that you can get plugged in because I have found this, that people that kind of feel disconnected from God a lot of times are not well connected to his body. And the family of God is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Along the California coastline, are some of the largest living organisms on the planet. The California redwoods. Some of them are over 300 feet high. Some of them are over 40 feet in circumference. Some of them are over 250 years old. And they grow so big and they grow so strong. Listen to this. Because they grow only in groves. And beneath the soil, their roots are intertwined and connected together. And because of the strength of that and the weather, the wind, all the things they put up with, they're okay. You ready for this? Because of their roots, 
They can hold themselves up. And if you have the right kind of roots, you can hold yourself up. And you can stay encouraged. There's something about our roots being connected and being intertwined together. We need each other. He who isolates himself is in trouble. And you've got to make sure that who you are associated with, who you do connect with, it's an important thing because it's going to help you to be able to hold yourself up, stay encouraged because the ultimate goal is wholeness in your life because you're encouraged. And then that blessing that you're also able to be an encouragement to other folks as well. You and I have a ministry of encouragement. We have a ministry of encouragement, but we cannot give what we do not have. And it's important. This is where the battle is really, really fought. Keeping yourself encouraged. Look at your life now so that later you don't have to go, look at my life. And together we're stronger. Together we're better. Don't reduce yourself to a congregation of just a bunch of people that come together. Look at each other's. I'm going to spend eternity with you. Love these people. Cheer these people on. You don't even have to know their name, but genuinely, authentically, when you see them, love them. And it'll be amazing who God will hook you up with. You have no idea who's right near you right now. I was reading just a couple weeks ago and saw a place in Scripture where Jesus was actually kind of going through a marketplace kind of thing. And I thought, I wonder if the people knew that the Savior of the world and the creator of everything was three feet away from them as they were looking at apples and pomegranates. You have no idea who's near you and you have no idea who God wants to use in your life. And beyond that, I want God to use you. I want God to use me to be an encouragement to others. But we, first of all, have got to be able to keep ourselves encouraged. Did you get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord.